Well, welcome everybody to the second ever Young Life podcast episode. So glad you're with us. We loved having you with us last Monday night. And we have a new uh, guest with us today, the fourth rotating chair. Of course, we have Elliot host the um, Open Concept podcast. <laughs> Almost forgotten there for a second. Uh, you can check that out on Spotify and Apple Music. It's unreal. We also have Shake and Jake Stanley from Life 100.3 and Mail Views, a very own T Wild's leadership team's very own Jordan Morin, not TC. Hey, oh. Although I wrote TC on the note. Although I married you guys, so maybe I should know that you're no longer, <laughs> no longer a TC, and you're you're now Morin. But we're so glad you're with us again. We are everywhere that you want to be. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube tonight, premiering live, that's awesome. Uh, but other than that, we have Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, we're tinkering around with Facebook to see if maybe that's a better place to facilitate a chat. But other than that, we're so glad you're here. And you know, this has been an absolute crazy week. Have you guys, maybe this is controversial, have you guys watched um, Death to 2020 on Netflix? Mm. Yes. I've heard about it. No, I've not. It is, uh, I can't necessarily recommend it because of maybe the language in it, but mm. it is just like the retelling of the last year, which I feel like was pretty crazy. And it just seems to not necessarily be stopping. So as of today, as we find ourselves, uh, we're all back in a second state of emergency and lockdown. Mm. How are you guys doing? Feeling good? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys <laughs> trying to work from home? Like, are you, what are you guys up to? I got school, so I'm stuck here for the most of the day. So, regular just from last year. So, just pretty much a nine to five for school. But other than that, just trying yeah. to keep busy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just working a few days at uh, the station uh, here and there. Um, actually, I've fallen twice on ice this week which hasn't been great <laughs> i two days ago i walked out the door and as i walked out the door i go Whoa! and i like caught myself like spider-man and then yesterday i was walking down i'm just up in the loft in the backyard a little hangout spot anyways i got to like a third stair from the bottom and just like i had a like glass bowl in my hand <laughs> three stairs so let's just say my back's not feeling great. Um, <laughs> Once is a coincidence. Twice was he's daydreaming about a cute girl that he saw at the Young Life last fall. And he's wondering how she's doing. Right. He's like, man, I wonder what she's up to. And he slips down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. And then I hit my, then I was throwing out uh, paper at work today. And it was like where the recycling is, there's like a TV above it. And I went to stand up and I whacked my head off the TV. So it's just like, <laughs> Man's hurting three. himself. What's going must on? Be, she must be worth it, Jake. I'm really excited. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's great. It's unreal. Jordan, what about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been working from home since March of last year. So honestly, <laughs> this lockdown doesn't change anything for me. Like it's been the same for almost a year for me. And then the only difference is like, I feel like last month when the actual lockdown started after Christmas, like that kind of hit me. But as far as the news this week, it's just like, yeah, like nothing's really changed. <laughs> old, I'm still so. here. I'm still at home. So I guess <laughs> yeah. I'll just continue. Well, last week uh, we had our question of the week. What was your New Year's resolution? And we had you guys write in. Now, a big one was saving money, trying to save money. That's huge. Uh, I guess it's also yeah. like a COVID resolution. Uh, Will Ferguson would like to be more like Scott. And I'm volunteering to shave his head. If oh he's going to fully commit to that resolution, Will, if you're listening, the Clippers are coming. I'll see you on Monday. Don't do it, man. Uh, Don't do it. Jody Speck, I'm, maybe I should try this one. Drink lots of water seven times a day, seven glasses of water a day. Do you guys do that? Are you guys like – I try drink, to like, drink water. The two liters. 
Yeah, I've been drinking two liters. Yeah, Yeah, got a big, big like bottle. There's consequences to that one. That's on. Yeah, constantly, constantly peeing. Yeah, man, it's not fun. Chelsea's uh, New Year's resolution is to take no crap. And I think that's I maybe that. a good one at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I heard that wrong. I heard that wrong. I, I thought it said take no crack. I'm like, <laughs> well, well, I too. No crack yeah. either would either. be <laughs> ideal. That that. As well. uh, and Adina had a good one. She actually had three. She wants to read more. Uh, she is starting her own photography business. Plug, 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 plug. Thank and mm-hmm. uh, she wants to bring one person to Jesus in 2021. So mm-hmm. that awesome. is better than what i put down unfortunately and so that's awesome uh shout out to adina that's an amazing new year's resolution well tonight we're going to talk about part two we're going through our temple uh, our temple series that we are a temple of the holy spirit and our emotional health is a part of that uh our emotional health and how we um how we manage our emotions really are we in tune with our emotions are we vulnerable people do we feel like we can be uh, authentic with who we are and I feel like a big part of that is self-awareness. It kind of comes down to, do I understand who I am, what I'm feeling, and how I come across to other people? And I'd probably say my life has been a spectrum of knowing how I come across to other people. But um, before we get into it, uh, you know, processing the warm fuzzies, they're easy. You're pumped, you're pumped. You're jazzed, you're jazzed. It's unreal. Jazz hands. Like, the good emotions are easy. It's usually the challenging emotions that take some processing. So my question for you guys is, how do you guys process the bad days? Like, what is your go-to? Are you a baker? Are you a binger? Are you taking no crap from somebody? Are you taking no crack from somebody? <laughs> what is your go-to? Oh, man. I got to think about that one. Thing. Yeah. Uh, I was I trying think to think about it. I, 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 <laughs> There's a dog. So <laughs> I, think my, I think my go-to is... Uh, I don't know. I love going to the movies. Mm. Like going to the movies, it's not COVID friendly, but my yeah. all-time thing is like I love going to the movies and going out in the big dark room and it's loud. And for whatever reason, I walk out of a movie theater, I just feel better. Like, like an it's escape. Best. It, yeah. Totally it is. Like mm-hmm. it just gives your brain time to think about while you're watching whatever you're watching. What was the last movie you saw? Tenant. Oh, oh that dude. was crazy. I still don't understand that movie and I've seen it like three times, man. Yeah, so for me, um, video games, I like doing that or watching like a good movie. I watched um, Avengers Endgame for like the third time. Um, That's just a good movie. It's a good long movie. And I think it kind of goes along with what you said, Scott. Like you kind of watch it and you're kind of in that sort of universe or like that mode for the whole movie. Then you're like, oh, that was good. Kind of just clear your brain. and. Man, that that girl's really getting to you, Jake. (laughs) Like it's falling downstairs. (laughs) He's watching three-hour movies three <laughs> times. He's just tormented. Um, it's a battle, man. Just got to get through it. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. So good. Elliot, what about you? What's like your go-to? Oh, for me, is music, man. Like, I, I go into my R&B yeah. playlist, and I just go in my room, and it, it, I just, like, hours on end of my playlist. Not, I think still- it was Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah. well, like, Harry Styles, <laughs> like, for running. This, like, R&B is, like, my go-to. So, I mean, not all of it is, like, family friendly but like if it sounds good i like listening to it and it puts me in a mood so i'm like that that's my go-to <laughs> get to like that that brooding mood with all his lights yeah. Off. yeah yeah listen i get in that chris breezy mood man nobody bothered me right now nobody bothered me all right jordan what about you what's your go-to if you're like having a sucky day 
does that have to be a COVID day? It can be a yeah, it depends on the day. Uh, honestly, I love baths. I know that that's a controversial oh, that's thing a for adults, but I love it. Um, <laughs> we don't have one at our house, so that kind of sucks. But I've been mostly, most of the time, like I have a bad day. I just really like hugs. <laughs> so it's good yeah. that I have a husband now that can hug me whenever I want. <laughs> um, but I also just love putting on worship music, which is just kind of, I guess, like... Yeah, yeah the christian response but honestly like <laughs> best of live christian worship music or whatever the playlist is on spotify is hands down my favorite so i just throw mm -hmm. that on and then i'll lay on the floor and cry for a few hours and then <laughs> get I'm gonna say, send that playlist to elliot because he's over listening to curse words and, <laughs> yeah. and pagan yeah. music he's over listening to who knows listen, he's man. listening to listen man. some darlene check and some leland <laughs> in his life that's good I, you know part of the challenging thing is Emotions are such a healthy, good thing. Like it's how God designed us to be. And so like to experience them to the full human, it's part of the human experience to have emotions. And sometimes I feel like culturally emotions have not always been a good thing. And there's been like a resurgence of, no, it's good to feel things and to experience them. And, and it's a benefit of maybe the time that we get to live in. You know, we had uh, Kathleen Van Engen, she's a pastor in Peterborough, and she runs this organization called Tattered Sierras. And she works with uh, high school students to empower girls about uh, positive body image and positive uh, self-worth, which is awesome. She does amazing. But a big part of that is being an emotionally healthy person, that when you're experiencing the full um, spectrum of, of emotion, that uh, how do we deal with that? How do we manage that? How do we move forward in a healthy way? And part of the challenge, I think, is uh, so clearly today, I feel like we see people, especially on social media, respond unhealthily to a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I mean, like both sides of the spectrum of whatever opinion that people have, like whatever the polarizing thing is, mm -hmm. uh, either side of the spectrum, I feel like it's still from the same root. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're both nervous and frustrated about something, but I don't know. I feel like this last mm -hmm. year especially has probably elevated and made us probably more aware of emotional health than just a regular, a regular year, just because we see so many dramatic responses. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, before we jump in, uh, we have our TOL download. We're going to talk about emotional health, and of course, we have Kathleen coming. In. But a uh, quick question for the cast, because you know, a big part of managing and navigating emotional health is having someone to talk to, having like a support person in your life that you can kind of bring anything to. You know, it doesn't matter. You can vent if you need to vent. You can get things off your chest, and you get things off your chest. Uh, what are your guys, who is that person in your life? Or do you have someone in your life like that? Who is your support person? You want to share, like... <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what's upsetting me. <laughs> yeah. If it's like work, it's probably going to be a coworker of mine. Um, if it's like something to do with, I don't know, how I feel about certain things when I look at Christians in the world who aren't doing things that I necessarily agree with then I might talk to someone like Scott and be like man this is really grinding my gears because um, I, I do get I get great text messages from Jordan and Caleb who like saw something somewhere and it's like <laughs> the most obscure thing it's great it's awesome yep yeah so it all depends I mean the classic answer would of course be my husband but to be honest like and this is a huge thing that I learned in COVID and in my marriage is that you need people outside of your partner too sometimes so yeah, totally. some days like I just really need a solid girlfriend who I can go to talk to so 
I don't necessarily have one person. I think I have different people depending on the situation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you want us to shout them out specifically or just Yeah, sure, <laughs> go for it. If you got All somebody right. that's like your go-to. I mean, I like for me, I got my boys. Mm-hmm. I got I got Joel, I got EJ, and I got Ben who goes to TYL mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Those are my ben. guys. Yeah. Also single ladies. Yeah. <laughs> like if we don't give the shout out, how are they gonna know? Anyway, continue. Continue. Yeah. No, No, they're uh, always like, if I'm dealing with something like life-wise, I go to them just to kind of vent as well. But also they're like all specifically, I guess for Ben, I know he's going to find this embarrassing or whatever, (laughs) but uh, no, he's good with like, uh, like processing things. And he helps me a lot with that. So that's really nice. And then also, as Jordan was mentioning, like during COVID, definitely like when we were in lockdown, with my family specifically, which was really good. We got, I guess, closer and we were able to talk about a lot of the things that families should talk about, but I guess are, I guess in this day and age are kind of too afraid to. So that was yeah, really so. healthy and really good in that kind of area. Hear that yeah. ladies? Ben is a great <laughs> listener. He is. That's a- <laughs> Listen to Ben. <laughs> uh, if these guys don't come out of code with a girlfriend, what am I doing? I'm doing right. something wrong. What about you, Jake? Who's like your go-to person? Who's the person in your life that, they're just your processes, the person you bounce things off. Yeah. No, I have a handful, kind of like Jordan was saying, there's different people for different things. Um, but definitely Steve Bradley from Life 100.3 uh, and his family have been a huge uh, thing through the past year for me, uh, through everything with losing dad and, and uh, yeah. my accident and, and losing my grandpa and everything. Um, and like and a lot of the guys and stuff at, um, at Life. And then my buddy, Matt Swales, I've known him since I was like five years old. So we've known each other for almost like 21 years, and, which is crazy. Um, Terry Molinero and his family, Joseph, um, Cody Marshall uh, from the station. Uh, who else? <laughs> this yeah. man's got a list. Like, like who else list. works at the station or who else? <laughs> <laughs> like I have just like so many people. You, you Scott, like uh, Will Ferguson. Like I have so many people. I hate, I hate, I hate like naming a whole bunch of people. And then if I miss somebody, I feel bad, but there's a lot of people. You, <laughs> That's a great you, point. Yeah. So like, but if you're watching right now and you know, we talk, I'm thinking of you. I just can't remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have Kathleen coming up. We have our TYL download coming up right now. Why don't you sit back, relax, and we'll be back with you guys soon. Well, tonight I want to talk a little bit about our emotional health. You know, to be honest with you, I feel like I had a little bit more to say uh, for this portion, but after my conversation with Kathleen in our recording, I'm really pumped for what she's going to share and what she has. And so I'm going to try and give her a little bit more airtime tonight by being maybe a little bit shorter. But I want to talk about our emotional health together and how we can be emotionally healthy and emotionally available people in our walk with Jesus and our relationships with other people. But what is our emotional health? I feel like maybe emotional health and our mental health can be blended. It feels like they're a little bit hard to pick between which is what and where they kind of fall. And this is what psychology today says. Our emotional health focuses on being in tune with our emotions, being able to be vulnerable in an authentic person. It's what we feel. It's how we portray ourselves. It's how we communicate. Our emotional health, or maybe you've heard the term emotional intelligence. They're very much one in the same. And, you know, I want to talk about I find in today's climate, it might be hard in, in years past to talk about emotional health and find very clear examples and, and what it can look like, good and bad. 
But in today's climate and all the opinions and the things flying around, I think it's maybe easier than ever to talk about our emotional health and how to do it well and maybe seeing some examples around us of ways that we cannot do it well. You know, it's incredibly challenging. I think the crisis that we find ourselves in has really emotionally charged people. It's really gotten people worked up, and for good measure. There's some significant loss. There's some challenges. There's some disappointment that comes all the way around. You know, my wife and I are about to have our first baby, and I would love nothing more than to have my entire family here with us. There's real significant challenges that people are facing. And yet, as people who are followers of Jesus, we're not defined by our circumstance, but we live to a higher level. And, you know, I want to talk tonight about how when we're emotionally healthy, it can actually strengthen us and make us better followers of Jesus. And when we're emotionally unhealthy, it can sideline the image of the kingdom of God in us. Paul in Galatians 5, to 23, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It's something we've talked about here at Young Life before, and it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces kinds of fruit in our life, joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, he says there's no law against any of these things. And like we mentioned last week, health in our life, wellness in our life, it's stewardship. And when we're at the best of our abilities, we're prepared for the best of God's possibilities in our life. And our emotional health is no different. You know, when we're emotionally healthy, we're able to be in touch with what we're feeling. We take captive our emotions and we can pause for a moment and authentically and appropriately respond and engage with the world around us. Whereas when we're uh, maybe emotionally unhealthy, uh, we're kind of a little bit out of touch with our emotions. It can result in putting on a face or feeling like we have to pretend in a situation. Uh, we may not be terribly self-aware about how we come across to other people. We can be impulsive and reactive. And, you know, I, I don't think you're either a healthy or an unhealthy person. I think there's a spectrum at times, depending on what circumstances we face. You know, in both those definitions, I see a lot of myself, unfortunately. Moments when maybe I'm doing it really well. And moments where I'm just at the end of my rope and I'm not doing it well. But when I look at Galatians, the highest stand I want to live to, and the fruit of the Spirit. You know, a lot of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And gentleness, can't forget that one. You know, they're, they're a choice to respond in situations. And I don't know about you, they're not always necessarily my first impulse. And as followers of Jesus, we have to take captive our thoughts, and not just our thoughts, but our emotions our responses, and how we communicate to people. You know, it can be something so simple. I came into work earlier this week, and uh, I came around the corner and hit some black ice, and my car slid and whacked into the side of the curb. And embarrassingly enough, I was instantly angry. I was just angry. Who was supposed to salt this? Why is it like I was just mad, irrationally upset? And the reality is I had a lot on my mind that morning. And it took that really small thing to set me off. And maybe you find yourself in similar situations. You know, when we look to Scripture, Peter in the Bible, Peter, he is my saving grace. Because if God can use someone like Peter, he can definitely, hopefully, use someone like me. And what we see in Peter, this, this particular moment where it's the Last Supper, and Jesus is talking to his disciples. And Peter is this emotionally charged person. It's one of his strengths and his weaknesses that he is just so passionate about a lot of things in life. And when Jesus is talking to his disciples, saying, hey, someone's going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me. Peter speaks up and goes, Jesus, I would never betray you. I would die before I ever deny you. 
And when the time came for Jesus to be taken, something that he was kind of trying to prepare them for, Peter, in his angst and whatever emotions he was feeling, it says that he pulls his sword and he cuts the ear off one of the men who came to pick up Jesus and take him away to be crucified. You know, big emotions, big reactions. Like, I love those kinds of people. It's just they, they just embody all of their feeling. But sometimes it's not always the best thing. Sometimes it's the way that I can be. Big emotions, big feelings, big response. Because in Peter's life, we see moments later that when Jesus is taken, and it's getting real now, like his Lord and Savior is being taken away to be tried and killed. And someone asks, Peter, do you know this man? He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't think I know that guy. And he doesn't just deny him once or twice, but if you know the story, three times. And it says that the third time when he denies Jesus, him and Jesus lock eyes. And, Jesus, and Peter is just filled with this despair, this deep, 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 deep despair. To the point that Peter actually misses Jesus' crucifixion. He can't even bring himself to go. Challenging stuff. And so what happened? How did Peter go from the I would die for you to the I don't even know you person? You know, we see a conclusion of Peter's arc of this this season of his life on a beach and a moment with Jesus where Jesus kind of comes to him face to face. You know, for Peter, at this point, everything had been stripped away. There's no more image. There's no more putting on a face. There's none of that stuff. He's a broken man. He's a little bit in a, in a place of crisis and identity of who am I and, and what's my life about. And Jesus has this really simple, vulnerable, and authentic conversation with Peter, and it seems to fix everything. And Jesus just says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, of course I love you. And it's in these moments, in this moment that Peter is restored, he experiences forgiveness, there's reconciliation, there's some honesty and some transparency happening between him and Jesus. And you know, what I read in Peter's story is I don't want to be brought to a place of brokenness or crisis before I can be honest and vulnerable with how I'm feeling. You know, understandably, Peter probably had a lot going through his mind. He has been following someone who is making some pretty big claims that he's the son of God, he's here to rescue the world, and that he's going to be taken and betrayed. And I'm sure Peter at that moment is probably a little unsure, but doesn't want to say that. He's probably trying to experience all the emotions that are going through his head and and, uh, the tragedy of what might to come. And and it produced these big moments. Instead of having a vulnerable conversation, Jesus, I'm scared about what you're talking about. It's freaking me out. You're making me nervous. Like, this really can't be the case. Peter doesn't have that conversation. Instead, there's this overcompensation of, nope, Jesus, I would never betray you. I would die for you before I ever betray you. When only a few moments later, we find that Peter actually, when the rubber meets the road, completely steps away and he backs away. And You know, I don't know about you, but I've had moments in my life, and, and, and maybe in today's climate, we see evidence of this all the place. People are processing. People are experiencing They're trying to figure things out, how they feel about things. And like we said, there's loss, there's tragedy, there's frustration. And I don't know if we're always prepared to give the best answer for the first thing that comes to mind. You know, both sides of culture, I find things are so polarized, whether it's political or wear a mask or don't wear a mask or should the office be taken off Netflix, whatever it might be, people are polarized. And, you know, Everybody's kind of been operating in this stress behavior and probably not the best of who they are. And so we're seeing evidence of healthy and unhealthy emotional behaviors and responses. But you know what? As followers of Jesus, you know what? We can go through that process, but we understand that we're called to a higher standard. At least we want to be. 
We want to be subject to the Spirit of God in our life, not just the news that comes across my phone this afternoon. I want to be a person who responds and walks in love and grace and all the fruit of the Spirit. And so it means I've got to take captive my emotion and be able to be honest and vulnerable and open about what I'm feeling and be able to process that in a healthy way. And you know, in Peter's life, a simple conversation and a moment of vulnerability would have fixed a lot for him. And you know, it's easy to say, but it's really hard to do. And maybe right now you're at home and you're maybe feeling a little lonely, a little disconnected. And I want to remind you, the young life for you, well, we want to be home for everybody. I, we mentioned it in our pre-show, but I, I cannot understate it that we all need people to talk to. We all need people to go through life with, especially in seasons like we find ourselves here. Because we want to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps and guides us through life. He's our advocate, and you know, he is the one who produces the fruit of the Spirit in our life. It can feel like this, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Will my emotional health come because I have the fruit of the Spirit? Or is the fruit of the Spirit able to be produced because I'm an emotionally healthy person? And you know what? The answer is Jesus first, everything else second. You know, we want to see emotional health. As you put Jesus first, you'll begin to see a supernatural trickling in this osmosis of becoming more like him as we do our best. As we choose to be vulnerable and embrace the way that God has designed us, not running away from our emotions, but choosing to learn how to process them, feel them, and actually turn around and do the best with them. You know, this is what James chapter 1 says. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger, or the word that's used for anger, is also temper or impulse. It does not produce righteousness that God desires. You know, as we close tonight, and, and we're going to get into our interview with Kathleen Van Engen. She's an amazing friend of mine, and she just has so much to say. And so I'm probably talking too long. But, you know, I think we've lost a grace for allowing people to process. You know, the best way we can demonstrate that there is something different about you and I right now is choosing to respond in grace. In a world that is emotionally charged and there's frustrations and all things going on, you and I can choose to try to emulate and be Jesus in how we respond, that we'd be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen, slow to process. And when we speak, we speak that exemplifies that there's evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so our emotional health is a big part of that. Because you know what? I am a work in progress, but I do want to get to the place in my life where my response is how Jesus would respond. I don't want to always be looking in the rearview mirror of how I wish I had done it. I want to take captive the things in my life so that I can be my best, so I can be ready for the best of God's possibilities. And again, just like our physical health, our emotional health comes down to how we choose to steward what God has given us. I'm excited for Kathleen to share this tonight. She's maybe a little bit longer than Chris was. I tried cutting it down, but, you know, just let it bless you. And, and, and if you're uh, new to this journey or maybe you've never talked about your emotional health, just take it in. Have an open mind as we talk about how we can best exemplify all that Jesus is in and through our lives. Why don't you check it out? Well, thank you, Kathleen, for joining us uh, for the second ever episode of our Young Life podcast. I'm glad you're with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Go. Sure. Well, um, Scott knows me well because we went to school together and we were just the bestest friends from the very <laughs> beginning, right? No. We, uh, bringing people together. That's what bringing, we're about. Bringing yeah. people together. Um yeah, so I, uh, I'm a pastor right now. Um, I work at Calvary Church in Peterborough. 
Um, I do church life and my husband, Bobby is the worship pastor. So we're pastoring together. And before we were here, we came here just right at the best time ever when the pandemic hit, um, perfect timing to start a new job, uh, and pastor a church. But before that we were at uh, master's college and seminary, um, which is where we graduated from. And before that I was a, a young adults pastor at King Street Community Church in Oshawa, and we were there for five years. Um, And right now, alongside with pastoring, uh, I also direct the uh, nonprofit organization called Tatter Tierras, which is an organization that really seeks to provide uh, mentorship and resources to teenage girls surrounding the areas of mental health, um, emotional health, which we'll talk about, and also leadership. So, and then I have three boys and life is crazy, <laughs> yeah. but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, you've worked with a lot of people in dealing with not just mental health and mental health per se, but emotional health. And uh, we were joking before we started recording, like it can be challenging, maybe in a normal climate to try to identify some things that would be evidence of like poor emotional health in yeah. culture. But mm-hmm. given the temperature of what we find today, I feel like it's maybe too easy to maybe point to uh, some of the things um, that may be emotionally unhealthy. You know, we talked about Peter um, in our TYL download that you didn't get to see, but you know, it's fine. We talked about Peter being fairly an unhealthy emotional person and Mm -hmm. the the ramifications for that for his life. And unfortunately for Peter, it came to like this moment of crisis before he could have an authentic, vulnerable conversation with Jesus. Yeah. if he had had that conversation just moments before, um, that, the trajectory of Peter's life would be totally different. And, you know, we kind of want to not really get to the place of crisis before we start talking about our emotional health. And so uh, how can emotional health either help or hinder our spiritual walk, in your opinion? Like, what are the ways that it can add value and benefit a really good emotional health to our faith? Or it can really hurt. Yeah. So um, I... A while back when I was, I was preparing a workshop on um, uh, social skills and emotional intelligence, which is also um, known as EQ. So a lot of people focus on like IQ, right? It's like, I need to be smart and I need to be competent in what I'm saying and get good grades. And they put a lot of pressure on themselves for that, but not a lot of people um, put as equal on an equal playing field, their emotional intelligence. And it's yeah. so important and, and it's so important for Christians and, and why it's so important is, and this quote that I found was from Aristotle. And I think this sums up like emotional intelligence. So well. it's not cause I'm smart. It's because I literally <laughs> had the quote sitting in a document for the workshop. Sure. It's worth recycling. So he says, anyone can become angry. That's really easy to do. Um, I, have an anger problem, a self-admitted and diagnosed anger problem. So anyone can do that. It's so easy to get mad, but to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose and in the right way, that isn't easy. And, and even though it's not easy, it's necessary and we're commanded to do it. We're commanded to manage our emotions. We're commanded to uh, the greatest commandment that Jesus says is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and and then love your neighbor as yourself. So if we're going to, as Christians, 
be able to obey those commandments of loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind and loving our neighbor as ourselves, we need to know what love looks like. And what love doesn't look like is poor emotional intelligence is freaking out at each other anytime we're mad or, or taking personally everything and holding it in and becoming bitter, resentful people. Um, which in our current climate, we're seeing there's a lot of bitter, resentful people out there. And unfortunately, there's just a lot of feelings. There's there's a a lot lot of feelings. feelings. And, and it's, it's not easy to feel, I guess, for everybody, but it's easy to react. There's a reason that all throughout the Bible, we're told, be slow to respond, be slow to react, but be quick to listen. And one of the key elements of having a high emotional intelligence is being able to step back and just process and think and weigh things out. And ultimately as Christians to look through the lens of how is this impacting my witness? How are these words that I'm about to type or I'm about to text or this image or whatever it might be, how is it going to represent my God? Because Mm -hmm. I am the example to most of the people in my circle and my sphere of influence. So it can help you if you have high emotional intelligence, because you're going to be more. Jesus had incredible, supernatural, perfect emotional intelligence. Like if he didn't, he could have never gone through what he did on the cross. He could never have lived out his life knowing what the end was and not freaking out all along the way. Right. Like, so yeah. Or letting his emotion get the best of him. Yeah. You know what he, I mean? Like oh. there's lots of reasons to be angry and frustrated and disappointed mm-hmm. and all the things that come along with that. And I think a big part of right now is it's like, people are angry and they're frustrated, but I also think they're fearful. Yeah. And I think one of the hardest things that it's for any person to say is I don't know how I feel. I just don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. I, like to be able to be like, I don't really know. And I think there's a pressure to know. And to, and I think that when we get the most extreme reactions, it's like, well, I I have to say something or there's a pressure to say something or there's an expectation that I'm able to explain how I'm feeling. But sometimes it's just fine to go, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about that. I know I'm feeling something. I know I'm experiencing something. I'm a little frustrated. I don't know why. Can't put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about in our pre-show, like that we've kind of lost our grace for processing. Yes. If we've lost the grace for taking a minute to figure it out. And I don't know why that is. If it's just because our world is so instant, like everything well, we do is such instant you, feedback. The world wants you to pick sides. It's like, and that's what we're seeing now, right? Is it's like, you have to be within every issue, within every element of life. You need to be on this side or this side. There's no gray area. And I'm not, in, I'm not encouraging that we always live in a gray space. And we never stand up for convictions or the things that we believe in or the things that God specifically says for us to get upset about with a righteous anger. There's a difference between between the emotions that we act out in in the world versus the emotions that God is biblical emotional intelligence. Right. But we do need to allow ourselves and allow other people space to just be in that processing area like you're talking about. Yeah. And if all we can do when we're getting, when we're feeling stuff or we don't know how to communicate how we're feeling in our relationships too, this, this is good to do is to say, 
say something that's high emotional intelligence is not necessarily being able to name every feeling, talk, communicate perfectly every feeling, and then have resolution at the end of it all. High emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence is being able to say what you said in, yes, I'm bothered by this. I just need some time to figure out why. And I need to not be afraid of how you're going to respond to me once I communicate my thoughts, because it's the best I know how to do right now with the information that I have. Yeah. Being married is like a crash course in emotional intelligence. Oh my gosh. And I should talk about it. I was like, Michaela oh. probably has to put up with so much crap. She just goes, I'm not sure I feel about it, but yeah. you can go away for 30 seconds. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and okay, that's so- high emotional intelligence is being able to say, hey, for me, this is what I need. I need you yeah, to go right. away because I think better and process better by myself. Whereas feelers don't like doing that. They're like, yeah. we need to have this out right now. I, there can be no space. We need to solve it right now. And that's not, feelers don't get to have the like final say of how conflict should be resolved, right? It has to be a coming together. Well, I feel like I, I, I feel like I do say this often and, and it's maybe fitting really well. So I'm going to say it again, but yeah. how you're right is just as important as being right. Oh yeah. Like how you choose to express the truth yeah. is, is really, really important because you know, a big part of it is if we're going to covet what God's given us, then I, I want to be careful with it. Like I want to be careful in how I de- uh, portray it and present it and uh, speak it. So, okay. So what are some ways that we can be intentional then? You know, like it, especially in today's climate and culture, what are some ways you can be intentional about our emotional health? Maybe it's something someone's not even thought of or been on their radar or, or anything. Like how can we be intentional? Yeah. So I think in, I think the number one rule to working on your emotional intelligence is always to say less. I'm like thinking of Hamilton right now because I've watched it way too many times. It's like talk less, right? Like listen, like, but it's, it's a biblical, it's a biblical principle is just like, listen. Um, and yeah. it's hard to do when you feel like you need to defend yourself or you need to defend God, or you feel genuinely hurt by something. But what I've had as someone who's really passionate, I'm passionate about very specific polarizing topics um, that over the years I haven't always dealt with well. I probably dealt with it the best I could at the time, but as you mature there, you should see, you should be able to um, not feel an immediate panic button in your life to react and respond. And so if you don't understand something, which is a lot of what's going on in our world right now, um, I am not, um, I am a white female. So, which is pretty obvious to anybody who knows me, but it's like, <laughs> oh, it's news. Let's, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I, if I'm going to engage in a conversation around racial reconciliation to <laughs> practice high emotional intelligence, I need to recognize where I'm at which is a pretty uneducated stance um, in my personal experience. And so it, it doesn't mean I'm not going to contribute to the conversation because I do have influence as a leader over some people who are looking to me to have these conversations. But it means that I, as my step one, I'm going to listen to even the person who I think might be overreacting or making a big deal of nothing. It's like I owe it to people to practice yeah. empathy and to say just tell me 
Just talk to me. Tell me your experience. Because that's what Jesus, if we're going to show mercy, if we're going to show compassion, if we're going to show empathy, which is one of the key elements of having a high emotional intelligence, um, you have to listen so that you can pick out, oh, this is a real experience for this person. This is yeah. why they're reacting this way, right? So I think always listening, doing an inventory of your personal relationships, because if you have low emotional intelligence, the chances of you knowing that you have low emotional intelligence <laughs> is pretty slim. The way yeah. that you're going to realize that is if there seems to be conflict everywhere you go is, uh, or if people just get quiet around you, if you're in your friendships, people aren't really going to offer up information about themselves to you because you're no longer, you're no longer a trusted person for them because yeah. you talk too much or you are constantly saying, Oh, you interrupt. And it's like, Oh, I know what you're feeling. I experienced something like that once too. And it's like, okay, never mind. Like you're not hearing me. You're not, you're not able to just sit with me. And so you may need to do the grunt work, which is difficult, especially to people who are sensitive, which is me as well, um, to ask people closest to you, like someone who you can take it from and be like, Hey, where are my blind spots? Like, or to connect if you're always angry at people. A sign of low emotional intelligence is placing blame on other people. So if I'm constantly blaming other people for where I find myself in my life. Well, it's your um, fault, but yeah. Right? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, totally. it's, this person left me, this person hurt me, this person was a bad friend, this person was, I date idiots, all guys are idiots. It's like, <laughs> well, like... <laughs> where where might my ownership need to come in yeah because there's always a little bit of ownership for every single person in every single conflict or relationship that didn't work out right so yeah I would do a little inventory of your personal relationships are they healthy how do I know they're healthy am I yeah. a good friend how do I know that right and where might my blind spots be those are a couple yeah and I think a big chart a big challenge of it is Ironically, in retrospect, Kathleen met me in a season of my life. I was probably not the most emotionally healthy person that you've ever met in your life. And ironically enough, I feel like the plight of emotionally unhealthy people are they feel misunderstood yes. and like you're not getting what they're saying. And so they choose to say it in a more aggressive or not maybe not aggressive, but a bigger way. Let's just put it at that. Yes. And so it's almost like a compounding problem. You don't hear me. I'll say it bigger. Now that I've said it bigger, it's made it worse. You still don't hear me. I'll say it even bigger until yeah. it gets to the point that you're like alienated yourself. Yes. If you're going to do some work at home, the work that you can do is just like do take a and hear me out. Like I'm not saying personality tests are like the end all be all to solving all your to knowing yourself truly because that can only be done with God and the spirit. I get that. But as a resource, it's helpful. Take as many of those as you want. Because you'll start to see some trends. I found the Enneagram really helpful in the sense yeah. that I, I, Come didn't, on. I didn't. Mike, Mike, I keep it secret, but I'm all in. I'm I, all I'm, in on I'm the Enneagram. Out, I'm outing myself right now. <laughs> and I know I know who's going to come at me if they hear this. But I don't I don't worship it or go or I don't use it as an excuse. If I'm a number four, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. this is why I did that. However. Like the most, pre most pretentious thing ever. It is. Yeah. Like, oh. I'm a sit. That's such a sick thing to do. It's like, no, 
I, I know, and I already knew this about myself before, but what it helped do is it helped me gain, it helped me gain confidence around the things that I used to perceive as weaknesses. And it helped me be more aware of how to communicate properly who I am and what I need to be heard um, to the people around me. Because um, I had referenced earlier, you know, thinkers and feelers. And um, for a for a thinker, um, they need to learn how to, they don't need to change who they are and change their personality around everybody to make them happy. But that you do need to know who are you and who are you talking to? Because- yeah. You need to learn how to speak each other's language. Um, this is, you know, Bobby, who I'm married to, he's a thinker, I'm a feeler. I learned, I used to, I wasn't meaning to play mind games, but what feelers can do sometimes yeah, is they, no, I maybe I probably was actually in my 20s, but <laughs> feelers, feelers tend to just think as like make assumptions. Like they should know how I feel because I'm being so obvious. I'm not talking to them. I haven't responded to them in a week. Oh. Um I don't, I don't even look at them when I'm in the same room as them. And meanwhile, thinkers are like, I have no clue what you're trying to say to me with what you're doing right now. If you have something to say, come out and say it. And what's mm -hmm. hard for feelers to do is to be direct. Whereas you, like you were always direct with me and I was super sensitive to it. And part of, part of high emotional intelligence is not taking everything so personally and being able to see, oh, that is them trying to communicate to me directly they're not going to beat around the bush which is really great in life a lot of times but well you're I, welcome you're, yeah thank you so much for helping me be emotionally intelligent i'm glad it's only taken 10 years for you to understand only taking 10 years I just want for the, best. Uh -uh. the best but if i'm going to communicate to you know bobby let's say or an or a thinker someone who's analytical someone who's like just shoot it to me straight i have to be like listen when you said this, it's, lay it right out. When you said this, it actually really hurt me because it made me feel like blank. And that yeah. person, if they have high emotional intelligence, will say, shoot, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me. What can I do next time to like make you feel heard? And it sounds all like psycho mumbo jumbo, but it's like, no, that's, that's loving people. Like God has commanded us to love each other is apologize more often than you think you need to and then say how can I make sure I don't make you feel like that again because it wasn't my intention right yeah and and a big part of it is like I love the Enneagram because it's self-identifying yeah like the way from my understanding the way you're supposed to do you're supposed to read the profiles and you're you're kind of identifying with one really honestly like I so I would be an Enneagram three with a four wing and yeah. when I looked at my profile sort of thing like it kind of gives you tiers of like healthy behavior to like extremely unhealthy behavior and no one wants to identify with their unhealthy behaviors no just if like if you're at home thinking about it right now and you're like oh i do everything great like that's natural we're all there no one wants to identify with their health their unhealthy behaviors but if you'd be honest with yourself like there are things we do and like you were saying it all sounds like mumbo jumbo i feel like that may have been my perspective on things um in earlier years but what you miss out on is a depth of relationship that can't come with undealt and unresolved issues you yeah. know i mean like you become your own worst enemy when it comes to a depth and an experience of relationship that's with other people and yeah. even with with god as we see in peter's life like 
The thing yeah. that kept him from an authentic real relationship with Jesus was himself. Yes. And his own inability. And yeah. and we can be our own worst enemy when it comes to our emotional health and letting people in or understanding that the way we say things pushes people away or people aren't saying what we think they're saying. And we mm-hmm. need to learn to understand how to hear. That's awesome. That's with Peter, like, and this is the best part of his story, I think, is you know, he thought he had it right. Like he, you know, he said to Jesus, like, oh my gosh, Jesus, that like, I'm shocked. Like I will go, I will die for you. Like I would never fall away from you. And, and my favorite part is, you know, when Jesus is like, you know, when I asked you to follow me, I didn't ask you to bring anything with you. Right. And they're like, yes. And it's like, did you lack anything? And they're like, no, it's like, well, now I'm asking you, you've got to pick this stuff up. And what he meant was, you know, like, we have to go, we're about to go into persecution. We're about to go into battle. Like you actually need some tools now because you have the reason why he changed his name from Simon to Peter was you've heard, but now you're a rock. Like now I expect more from you because you've heard it. And so, but God gave him that grace to go from hearing his word, understanding his word. And then he had an expectation. Now you're going to go and you're going to do it and you're going to be a rock and you're going to be who I build my church on. Like that's, that's a grace story for us to follow of, you know, we can think we have it right. We can think we read the Bible and we're fighting for the right things and we're defending God. And so we're, but really we could be picking up swords and slashing people in half like, like that. And and what Jesus's whole point to Peter was Peter, stop it. Like, you <laughs> have, like get behind me. Like you have it all wrong. And he's saying that to all of us half the time, like Jesus came to to flip the world's expectations upside down of how he would come. You know, it's why he said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are, you know, humble. It's like, we don't need to come in and fight everybody. Like blessed are those who have high emotional intelligence and high emotional health. Well, thank you, (laughs) Kathleen. I appreciate you coming and being with us. And taking time out of your busy schedule of doing two jobs and having three children. That's I've lost track of many jobs, but uh, I appreciate, appreciate you being mm-hmm. here and being so emotionally healthy about the whole thing. And it's great to have you here. Oh, actually, I was going to say, um, tell them what you're up to. Where can they find you? Okay. If you want people to follow. On, I do talk. I'm very open about my struggles with anxiety. I'm very open with my conversations surrounding mental health. So Kath Van Ingen is um, my Instagram and then Tatter T at Tatter Tierras is my organization with teenage girls. And, and I find, you know, what we post there is not just for teenagers. It it kind of transcends ages um, because we talk a lot about self-awareness and and mental health. So yeah, you can go to that um, Instagram. I'm not cool enough to have other platforms, but website and Instagram is where I am. (laughs) You can pull off TikTok. You can do the TikTok dance. I can great. do it. I, There's the whole no. portion of moms of TikTok. That's a thing. Self-awareness is that I have an addictive personality <laughs> and I would go into a deep, dark pit of TikTok and never return. So That's fine. That's fine. Well, thanks, Kath, for being with us. And uh, back to the cast, everybody else. Well, thank you, Kathleen, for joining us tonight. So glad to have you with us. 
And uh, again, just like Chris, I feel like I just get to sit in the interviews and take in all the good parts and just make myself look good by being <laughs> in their presence. But uh, so glad that you're with us and appreciate you take the time to do so. You know, as we go tonight, we always have a question of the week. Last week, we were talking about what is our New Year's resolution and uh, an interesting factoid, if you will. Uh, so I was looking up, look, COVID-19 is bad. It's very serious. But the COVID-15 is also incredibly serious. <laughs> and if you're anything like myself, I feel like I did this. Now I'm slowly working my way back down. Just because you're going to be a father doesn't mean you have to have a dad bod. But and I just embrace it. But 38% uh, of people surveyed in North America claim that they turn to food as their number one emotional comfort uh, during the pandemic, which I feel like is no surprise. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, there have been times I'm not even hungry. I'm just bored. It's like, I, got, I have nothing else to do. And so you make yourself a whole of raisin bran. But my, my question to you and our question of the week, we'll get it from our cast before we kick off for the night. But uh, what is your go-to comfort food? Oh. Like when Elliot, you're sitting in your dark room with that explicit pagan rap music playing <laughs> and you just need to decompress. Like, what are you snacking on? Oh, and dang. Jordan, when you're, when you're laying on the ground, just slain in the spirit, and like what are you putting some nibs in there like when you're praying in tongues or jake like when you're thinking about that girl watching the end game movie Man. what what is your go-to scott's making us look like mad trash out here what's going on, yeah, what's going on? thanks for having me scott <laughs> oh, you're welcome so glad you're here oh man i mean uh, for me okay listen i'm gonna say this right now if you ever get a chance to come to my place because my mom she is from Central America, so you know you're about to eat good when you come to my place. Mm. Um, there's a dish that she makes. It's called pan con pollo, which is essentially just uh, bread with chicken. But I'm telling you, this thing is like blessed, and it always every every time she makes it, that's Did like you say that's like, red red with chicken or bread with chicken? no bread with chicken. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, whenever she makes it, it's like like that's my go-to comfort food. That's yeah. that's all. It always slaps all the time. So if you ever get a chance, come by my place. If she's making it. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm in. Yeah. I'll for see me, you right yeah. now. I'll be right there. All right, I'll go tell her. <laughs> Mom, uh, for me, I just make a bunch of sandwiches. It, and it varies on what I put on it. But we have a panini press, so I just kind of mm. make panini sandwiches. Yeah. Paninis are way better than sandwiches. When you yeah. said sandwiches, I was like, mm. although last week you also told this everybody man, you yeah, eat toast. This, this, with cheese and olives, Jake. It's good, nah. but it's the ones with the, you know the ones with the garlic in them from like Costco and like the big olives? And you You're it making up. it worse. Like <laughs> it's good. It's really good. I'm telling you. I'll try you know, it. Don't knock no. it until you try it. I only no. heard it listening back last Monday night, and I was like, did you say cheese and olives? Like, that sounds. <laughs> but you know sound what? Gross. But you know what? Because you were like, yeah, man, cool. Charcuterie board. And then, like, now you're, like, dissing it. I don't know. Now, now I get it. Well, yeah, but cheese and olives on a piece of wood are different than cheese and olives on a piece of toast. Not, I don't no, know why. Toast it's is good. the difference maker. And I, why? Not, but that's awesome. That's good. That's awesome. Sandwiches. Paninis are, what I was going to say is paninis are like elevators of sandwiches. <laughs> like that's not, just, like there's like a single slice of ham on white bread. Paninis. Like it's unreal. Mm. Okay, Jordan, yeah. what about you? What's your go-to um normally anything that's salty so if it's chips pretzels dog like food. no yep dog so food. Hey, that's awesome <laughs> savory that was gonna so be my follow-up 
Are you guys salty or, sa- or sweet or savory people? Yeah, savory for sure. Yeah. What about you? Oh, my wife and I make something called buffalo wing dip, which is like pulled chicken, uh, blue ranch dressing, or blue mm. cheese dressing, ranch dressing, and you mix it all together and you lay it in the pan and you cover it in cream cheese. Bro, and then you okay, put shredded marble cheese and you put it in the oven for 40 minutes and you bring it out and eat it, eat it with tostitos. Oh, that it's oh, like so good. it's the best thing I've ever had in my life. Elliot, and you, your mom makes the chicken, and then we do that dip. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, it's it's terrible for you. Like it's absolutely. Terrible. I was wondering but where those ingredients were going. I'm just like, all right. It's so good though. It's like my all-time favorite thing. But we want to know what your all-time favorite thing is. So uh, you can leave it in the comment or on our poll on Instagram at the Young Life. You can follow us there. And as always, if you're looking for ways to connect, you can go to the younglife.online. Younglife.online has everything you need. It's down below there, our website and our social. Why don't you come hang out with us? Again, we're starting some small groups coming up. We also have uh, some games nights coming. But uh, here at Maple View, the other thing you should check out, it should be live. I'm going to take a risk and say it's live by now because I have to make it live. And <laughs> in case you didn't notice, we don't record this on Monday. But uh, if you go to mapleview.online, just to keep it nice and simple, it is all the things happening here at Mapleview. Well, uh, we're in this second lockdown, the state of emergency. We can't really, can't do anything. Uh, and so we've moved everything online. So there's pretty much something every single day, as well as daily prayer over on the Mapleview uh, Instagram account. Uh, we go live every morning with a different staff member starting next Monday. And so if you're watching this Monday night, tomorrow morning, 930, I'll be there praying with one of the staff members. You can join us there. Uh, but if you need to connect, and as we're talking about emotional health, you need to have people to decompress and process with, we want to be that for you. And so if you would let us have the pleasure and honor, we'd love to do so. You can connect with us at theyounglife.online and mableview.online, one-stop shop. Uh, we'd love to have you there. Thanks for joining us tonight. Again, big, huge shout out to Kathleen Benanga for joining us on this week's episode. And don't forget, question of the week, what is your go-to comfort food? We will see you guys next Monday night at 7 p.m.